0: Hello,
1: and welcome to The Trolley Stops Here, the podcast for First Church Media. This is our very first episode. My name is Taylor Darden.
0: And I'm Larry Ann Rookard.
1: Yes, and we are starting our very first episode. This is the very first podcast that we have ever made uh, as individuals or together, and we're really excited about putting this on. Um So, introductions. My name is Taylor Darden, as I said, and I am the Community Outreach Coordinator at First United Methodist Church of Media. And if that is a title that you have never heard before, it's because we kind of made it up. (laughs) Um, It's a really unique position that I've been super blessed to be a part of. I connect with the community. I do a lot of events with other organizations, both religious and non-religious. I do our social media. I do a lot of publicity um, programming, and I also participate in the service. Sometimes I sing in the praise team. Sometimes I do interesting, exciting things like the announcements or taking attendance during a time of COVID. (laughs) But that's my job. I'm the community outreach coordinator. And my background about myself is, first of all, I think it's really important for everybody to know that I am not a pastor. I have never been to one day of seminary. My training is not in theology. My background is in English and theater, was my undergrad. And then I went to graduate school in acting, which is really a thing you can do. And then I was a professional performer for about 10 years. I have had lots of other jobs along the way that I'm sure will come up through the course of this podcast, but I'll not worry about mentioning now. And now I'm a graduate student in speech and language pathology at the University of Delaware. So, um, definitely really, uh, involved and, passionate about ministry but not something I've trained in so that was a long enough introduction for me I'm gonna pass the mic over to my illustrious co-host our Reverend Laurianne Rickard who I've given away is our pastor <laughs> take it away Laurianne
0: <laughs> Thank You Taylor yeah so my background as a pastor which most people do not necessarily know I'm the pastor since they come into the church and they may see me in yoga attire teaching yoga or they may know me um, from having a background in psychotherapy. And uh, so my background's in theology, psychotherapy, and yoga. um, I had the wonderful experience of studying in Washington, DC, and then uh, was also in Barbados and have been a variety of places working, which will also be shared a little bit throughout these podcasts. Um, I had a wonderful opportunity to do an internship in psychotherapy uh, in Columbus, Georgia, where uh, someone had the foresight to think that maybe clergy would want to learn a little bit about therapy and they created an internship whereby I was able to get paid and learn about psychotherapy and work in a psychiatric facility. And they gave me a stipend and I was able to live from that. And so that's my background in psychotherapy and outpatient work. And then with yoga, I've always been kind of a cardio person who just loved, loved, loved cardio. And one time someone told me about hot yoga, which sounded a little crazy to me, but I thought I'd give it a try. And then I got a certification in yoga and practice hot yoga. And so that's a little bit of my... um, (laughs) professional background, as far as my interests, I know people love to talk about me rollerblading all over the place, uh, rock climbing, and so, (laughs) Yeah. yeah, so those are a few little things about me, Taylor.
1: That is so great. And the, what I love about this is that I've known you for two and a half years now. And there are things that I just learned about you from that introduction. I won't say which ones, but um, that's really interesting. Lori Ann has had such a fascinating life. She's such a fascinating person. I'm so happy to work with her and to be doing this podcast with her. Um, awesome. So, um, first things first, uh, I guess these are these would be second things, right? Because we've already introduced ourselves. So, second thing second, why are we doing this podcast? What What is this about? What um, What caused us to want to do this podcast? Um, I know that we each have our own reasons that we've come together to do it. I know that it was originally uh, Lorianne's idea. So, I'm going to put her on the spot first. Lorianne, what made you want to start this podcast?
0: Well, Taylor you are the reason we're doing the podcast. I was thinking about doing some writing. I've been doing a lot this summer with Bible Bites and kind of excited at the opportunity to address um, issues that are right, you know, right in our midst from a biblical perspective. And as I was you know, uh, talking with people, they kept saying, you know, it takes a lot of courage to really find ways to see how the rubber meets the road with our faith and our practice. And I kept thinking, gosh, I wonder if we could write this. Could we find a way to express it? And somebody mentioned the word podcast, and I mentioned it to you. And as usual, all I have to do is mention something to you (laughs) once, and all of a sudden, it's ready to happen.
1: Well, that. (laughs) that's a very generous uh that's a very generous analysis it did it has taken a lot to get to this point um i i should probably say right now um we'll have credits at the end but there's no way uh that this would have gotten off the air if it were not for my partner in crime janice we were who helped with a lot of the technical background and research for all of this so um but yeah uh it did start with just that idea um i when i heard this idea I thought that's a really cool idea. And one thing that this is, you know, so beneficial, I mean, podcasting is something that I've always thought would be fun. I've never done it before. I love to talk. This is not a news to you. Um, But I also thought, I also thought, you know, we're living in a time when it is hard to do programming for the community. It's hard to connect to the community. I mean, we're doing so many things virtually. Um, We can't have, you know, a meeting, we can't have like parties. We can't go, I can't go out in media really. And like, you know, talk to people or have joint events with other organizations like we've done in the past. So this is a way for us to connect to the community and can, you know, connect even to some of our members who aren't attending in person. And also, um, it's a way I think that is really valuable for our church. Um, there, there is uh, it's a way to connect with some of our members and let them see us uh, in a way that is different from how they might normally see us. You know, like seeing your pastor as a human being, right? That's a really important thing for any of us who attend church, to see our pastor as a human being. Um, and to see them during the week, we experimented with a lot of names for this podcast that we couldn't use because they were already taken. Um, we thought about like, oh, what if we called it like the other six days or, you know, between Sundays, which are such great titles that someone else had already come up with them. So the title we settled on was The Trolley Stops Here. Um, And the reason we decided to call it that is one is the obvious reason. Anyone who is local to Media Pennsylvania will know that there is a cute little green trolley that travels all the way from West Philadelphia, where I live, to uh, Media. And it stops at the church um, where we live. Where we, live, where we live, where we worship, not where we live, where we work and where we worship. The other reason we wanted to call it the trolley stops here is it was sort of this kind of, would we say, like metaphor, <laughs> <laughs> um, sort of derived from the phrase, the buck stops here, right? And so we're not going to pass the buck. We're, we're not going to pass off difficult topics and let someone else deal with them. We're going to get wrestle with them. We're going to actually Perfect. deal with difficult topics in this conversation. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, and you can ju- feel free to jump in here, too. That that comes to replace some some disclaimers, maybe, or maybe not. Even, maybe disclaimer is too strong a word, but just like some sort of ground thoughts is that we're not going to say things that everyone in the world will agree with. Right. We're not going to be speaking necessarily on behalf of the church. Um, we're going to just kind of be talking about ideas ourselves. And Lorian, you and I might even disagree on things that we talk about from time to time. It's It's possible. It could happen. And we want to say that that's okay, you know, um, that it's okay.
0: I was just going to say, Taylor, that gets to the one of the points in um, our mission statement, which says, as Methodists, it's a Wesley quote that says, "We may think differently, but we love alike." And I just think that's such an important thing particular point in our nation's history and otherwise uh, even as people of faith how do we find ways to come together even though we think differently and to be able to hold both um at the same time is shows i think integrity and maturity as as a people
1: yeah i think that's that's great that's a preview of coming attractions that it's exactly how i feel you know i feel like Mm -hmm. you know uh a professor of mine in in college, because I went to a Christian college and I had to take a class in the Old Testament. I never forgot a quote from this professor. He said, "If you aren't wrestling with the Bible, you aren't reading with reading the Bible, right? Mm. You know, if you're not if you're not if you're not having difficult conversations or thoughts about the Bible, then that means you're avoiding it. Um it means you're not really dealing with it. And I think the same can be said for any kind of, you know issues that we talk about within the church is that if we're not, ever disagreeing with anyone or we're not feeling any sort of discomfort. We're not really engaging with these ideas. Um,
0: And I've heard the scripture read before. And instead of someone saying at the end, this is the word of God, they said, they did say, this is the word of God and let it disturb you, disrupt you, move you. And I, when I first heard that it did disturb me that they said that, but then it kind (laughs) set me free to really enjoy and and kind of dance with and wrestle with and, and revel in whatever the word was that I received that day. I didn't feel like I had to swallow it and say, well, this is perfect for me. I, I was um, invited into um, engaging with the scripture.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Invited into engaging with the scripture. That sounds so much better than... <laughs> Knowing exactly what the scripture says. Um, So this is great. And we will get to all of this later in the podcast, too. I'm so excited to talk about this. I did want to give a little time for us to do some shout outs. Um, We recognize that anyone listening to this podcast might be local to media. You might live hundreds or thousands of miles away. But for the people who are local and even for the people who aren't, since a lot of what we're doing right now is virtual, um, we wanted to give a quick little breakdown of things that we're doing doing um at the church i'm gonna start out saying some of the things that we're doing with services um so right now at the church uh first first united methodist church of media first church for short we'll get into that later i'm sure (laughs) um but we are having uh services right now every sunday and we're doing them virtually and we're doing them in person We recognize that different people are going to have different needs and different ways they want to participate. And this is a time where a lot of people are just not going to want to come in person. We are 100% okay with that. Um, So to that end, we have services on YouTube. There's a link to them on our website, firstchurchmedia.org. You can... we'll we'll make show notes for any of the links for our online services you can also participate to a certain extent uh the online services by typing into the chat we'll actually read what you say in the chat during our time of sharing so we're having online services we're also having in-person services in which we are going to great lengths to make them as safe as humanly possible with mask wearing and social distancing and sanitization and all the things that we need to have in place um, for, for safe things in the time of COVID. So Sunday services, join us either in person or online, both of them at ten fifteen on Sundays. More information for that in the show notes. Um, so that's all for services, Lorianne. when you want to talk about any of the other things, other than services, that are going on at our church?
0: Absolutely. Um, so I'm sure everybody knows about Media Food Bank. I'm not sure how many people realize that we've been feeding 165 families a day between our two distributions. Um, on top Amazing. of that, um, we're receiving food seven days a week between the hours of 12 and 2. And I had the opportunity to work the 12 to 2 shift a couple of different times. And I thought, oh, you maybe somebody will stop in here or stop in there. From the minute I got there at 12, there were cars lined up in the driveway. And for 90 minutes straight, people continue to bring food in. Wow. And it wasn't until, I know, I know, until the last 30 minutes that I even had a chance to even think about sorting or, or anything else going on. And that's, seven days a week, we've been receiving donations of food. And so that's, um, that's a tremendous thing that is happening here. And while I wish and look forward to the day when we, everyone has the food they need, and we don't need to have food banks for now, I'm grateful for the work that is being done. Mm -hmm. And I recently had a chance to find out about something called the Garden Club. And that's the group of gardeners who are volunteering in the garden uh, at the back of the church, and I have seen all the growth, but I did not know that they have produced over 300 pounds of vegetables for the food bank just this season alone. Um, it's, It's outstanding. They're looking for people to work with them. They have flowers in there that are helping with the pollination, and. They are just—it's it, amazing the different things they're growing: uh, kale and okra, and greens and spinach. They're even going to be growing pumpkins. Then they have a theme, like they're getting ready to do kind of a Halloween theme. Oh, that's cool! No, uh, I know. I, know. I, I just this is just in the last 48 hours I found this information out. So this yeah. is what happens when you wander around and talk to people. You kind of so that's a little bit about the food bank. The clothing closet's getting is is doing very well. They have a Mm-hmm. event coming on the 26th, then there'll be, that'll be yeah. a, um, I think it's a, I want to say a 10 to two, or maybe it's nine to one, but anyway, it's, it's going to be coming up and that'll be indoor outdoor when anybody can come and receive clothing. And also, of course we have free yoga, which matches our free store. And so I feel so good about being a part of a faith community where we care about our body, mind, and spirit in, in so many different ways. Um, so anyway, that's just a little bit more about um, updates on the church.
1: That is so cool. Um, once again, learn something new about our garden club. Um, that is a really cool thing. I'm so glad I have learned about that here on the podcast. So mm-hmm. there you go. Even your community outreach coordinator is always learning new things about the church. Yeah. Um, so... Um, I would love to jump into our topic. I really also want to take one thing before we get to our topic. I just want to take a minute to recognize, um, the reality of our world right now. It's it's, there's a lot of uncertainty, um, if you're listening to this, then you'll be aware that there's wildfires out West. Yes, um, There is a virus that is still really active and uh, in many ways, uh, scary for a lot of people. And we don't, we don't want to live in a, have a conversation where we ignore any of that. Uh, right. That would be, that would be passing that buck. <laughs> so um, I just wanted to take the time to say um, that we are being really mindful of that. And we're prayerful of that. And if you have been affected by any of the things going on also um all of the all of the exposure of, of racism and police brutality is another uh issue if you've been a, if that's something that has affected you personally or even not personally just by seeing it on the news we want to you just want to take a moment to say that we're with you there and um it's hard for us too and we hope that through the exploration of this podcast and other ministry we do, we'll find peace and strength to move through that together. Mm-hmm. Um, just think it's important that we always acknowledge what's going on. Um, right. And that, you know, and that's actually a great segue into our topic, <laughs> which is that our topic for the day, what is progressive Christianity? Right. So, um, We toss around this term a lot, Lorraine, and I have talked about this for a while, is that we feel like we're a progressive Christian church. We, you know, we we say that we're progressive and and we realize that we've not necessarily taken the time to explain to our church or even to each other or ourselves what that means. Um, And so if we're going to have this podcast on the topic of progressive Christianity, we're going to have to define what we're talking about um so i'm i've come up with some things uh (laughs) that i feel like it's important to say what it doesn't mean right so the first off the bat is i think this is super important to say as just a ground rule is that progressive christianity does not mean democrat does not mean even progressive politics, right? Even those things are separate, right? Mm -hmm. Not Democrat is not synonymous with progressive politics, but it's super, super important that we say that we're not going to go down that road. The first reason we're not gonna do it is because it's illegal. (laughs) We cannot, as a church, endorse a political party or a candidate. We're a tax-exempt organization. That is not something that we're able to do. If you ever see a church doing that, no, they're not supposed to be doing that. So it's not it's not interchangeable with with politics and and that's that's not just me copying out and saying well we can't do this so we're not going to talk about it. I have researched this a little bit. And I don't know what what you've seen, Laurie-Ann. Um It's I don't even think th- this is not this is not even interchangeable with progressive politics, right? These are separate ideas. They share the word mm-hmm. progressive, but so many words in the English language mean different things, right? Progressive is one of them. In fact, when I was talking to you about this, uh, you were like, I didn't even think of that. I didn't even think about it being politics. Do you want to say something about that?
0: Well, I didn't think about that at all because I, well, I'll explain a little more about how I came into progressive Christianity, but somewhat resistively really understand it. But no, I did not think of it in a political way at all. And had I thought of it in a political way, I wouldn't have wanted to Mm -hmm. uh, do that because of the fact that to be politically, um, I think that that can be polarizing and it it would polarize yes. so many of our members. I mean, we have members who are Democrats. We have members who are Republicans. We have members who are independent. We have people who are not pol- affiliated with any political party. And mm-hmm. if we really mean that we want to be including people, then certainly that's not something we'd want to do in this podcast or anywhere else.
1: Yes, all right, so we are in agreement from henceforth. <laughs> Thank you for that. Progressive Christianity is not a comment on politics. Um, one other thing that I wanted to say that progressive Christianity is not is that the, progress- the term is not interchangeable with, with the word liberal. Again, not, talk- not even talking about politics, but if you look up progressive Christianity on Wikipedia, which is, of course, the source of all wisdom. Um, no, sorry, that's the Bible. Oh, no. Um, anyway, just kidding, more, more on that later. Um, <laughs> but you no, know, lib if you look up progressive uh, Christ Christianity on Wikipedia, you will discover that a lot of people define progressive Christianity as post liberal. And I made the decision <laughs> that this is not a rabbit hole I necessarily feel like we need to go on on this particular podcast. But for those of you who want to learn more, I encourage you to look it up, what mm-hmm. the difference, what post-liberal theology is. Because right. if you really want to get into the weeds of the nitty gritty of it, which some people do, which is cool, mm-hmm. you'll find that progressive Christianity is defined as post-liberal, it's a, it's a more which would mean it's a more recent movement within Christianity. Doesn't mean democratic, doesn't mean liberal, anything else that we say it doesn't mean before we move on to what it does mean.
0: Not that I can think of.
1: Those were the two big for me, for sure, for sure. Okay, so what does it mean? Um, So my disclaimer here, disclaimer number two, is that there's no way we're gonna get to the bottom of this in one episode of this podcast. Mm -hmm. The whole raison d'être, to use a fancy French term, the whole reason for existence of this podcast is to figure out that. Today is just an overview of figuring out, you know, what is the working definition that we're gonna work with for progressive Christianity? And so I think what I want to start off with, actually, is getting more personal um, with it and less sort of textbooky with it. And we're going to talk about what brought us to this place before we say what it means to anyone else. Um, So, Lorianne, does it mean to you to be a progressive Christian and what drew you to it?
0: So let's start off by saying I was... um resistive to thinking about progressive Christianity initially. I wasn't sure um, I can be a person who needs to take their time and think things through. And when I first heard progressive Christianity, I just sort of dismissed it and continued on my way. And I was doing my usual spending hours and hours writing sermons. And I really only knew how to think of the scripture in a very literal inherent kind of way and and so i can remember for instance maybe i would be getting ready to preach a sermon on jonah and the whale and i would go and i would research you know how it was possible for a man to survive inside of a whale for 3 days <laughs> And I just went on and on and on because I felt like if I was going to say it, I need—I would think I was trying to convince myself that I believed it happened exactly as it said it did. And I thought I needed mm-hmm. to believe everything exactly as it was written in order for me to be a Christian. And anything else seemed to me that it was going to crumble my faith. It was somehow going to mean I wasn't a Christian. And I did the same thing with um, Noah and the Ark, God creating the world in seven days. I just spent so much time researching ways, scientific ways to support everything that I, I rarely ever got around to talking about how we're supposed to apply the scripture to our lives. Mm. And I just, I really wasn't sure what to do. And I, I always felt like, you know, and yet there were scripture that, that didn't, make sense to me. And so I always felt like I was in a, a line for a, a biblical buffet where I would pick and choose whatever scripture I felt like I could preach on and be authentic in my faith. And if I could reach the scripture and I wasn't sure or how to, I couldn't find scientific proof, I'd skip over it. And then inside, I was kind of creating almost this schizophrenia inside of myself. And mm-hmm. so I was sitting with some of the spirit people I like to call spiritual guru- gurus. And it is Mm -hmm. made of people, made up of men and women who happen to be. I'd have to say overall, like maybe 65 plus Yeah. for overall, that would be maybe the average sort of thing. And, and there, I call them gurus because I respect them and they're wise and they've read a lot of different books. And one of the books that they were reading was something they had picked, which was Marcus Borg. And I'd never heard of Marcus Borg. And we were reading through together one day and we came upon this one section in the book. Uh, it happened to be, um, his book, "The Audacity: uh, Days of All and Wonder," and uh, one of the quotes said, "We take the Bible seriously. We don't, but we don't take it literally." And I thought, you know what? I can, I can sit with that. Mm-hmm. I didn't yeah. know that that was even a a possibility, and so. As I said, I thought if I didn't take it literally, that I wouldn't be a Christian anymore, and so that was uh, that was part of my difficulty because if I was going to take it literally, what was I going to do with all the issues about slavery?
1: Right. So the- yeah
0: women in leadership in the church. Mm-hmm. And and so um, as I looked at that, I was trying to figure out how to wrestle with those. And then we continued on in the same chapter and I heard something about a historical, metaphorical translation of scripture, which made me think even more like, what if I thought about the historic ancient communities and how they experienced God? And would I expect anybody from any point in history to match my own experience now. I wouldn't. I mean, why would I think anything that happened historically to be exactly like my own experience right now? I don't expect that of history. Why would I expect that of the Bible? And then when I think about metaphors and all of the the parables of Jesus and other metaphorical readings I've done, how much I've learned from them, and suddenly I was well onto my way to um thinking into this and i wanted to learn all about progressive christianity and i found out a little bit about that in terms of the one particular point of Christian of progressive christianity is that it has a slightly different way of looking at um how we interpret scripture and I, i you know i have a couple other things i want to say about progressive christianity but i wonder taylor do you want to comment on that one point about
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, that is that I part of me wants to say thank you for joining us for the podcast. It's been great because you just covered so much great stuff there. Um, That is that is such a great thing to hear, you know, about the journey that you went on there. And I I'm going to I'm going to really focus on the taking the Bible seriously and not take it literally point. Because um, I think that's interesting. You sort of said that was sort of the pivotal the pivotal thing for you right there was sort of just one pivotal moment where you decide where where everything kind of shifted and when you kind of came across that quote or you came across the people at this at the church who were sort of studying that And uh, i will comment on that bible study it's great it's a great group of people i i had the privilege of teaching a study of the book of acts earlier this year with that bibles that tuesday morning bible study they're just a really good group of thoughtful people who do i would say take the bible very seriously right mm-hmm. they don't necessarily take it literally but they do take it seriously and they read it and they know what it says and 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 they're not you know they're they're committed to that, and I think yeah. that's something that's really valuable to me when I see people like that. And I think that for me, um, I guess that that'll take me mm-hmm. to the point. Like in my own journey here, is seeing that there were so many people in Christianity who do really take the Bible seriously. They've read it, mm-hmm. they know it. It matters to them. Yeah. And I think that I didn't grow up in a con- in a context where that that was something that I saw or that I knew of. Right? That there there could be people. Who who were believers, which is a whole other <laughs> a whole other term we can <laughs> unpack. But they 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 were Christians. It mattered to them, but they didn't need to take every little bit of it literally. I will say that for me, particularly, and I'm sure this is a topic that we'll get into, um, is as a I I grew up as a young gay man in a conservative religious environment, and if anyone. Knows that personally, who's hearing this, they'll know that that is a really challenging way to grow up. <laughs> and I think for me, I, I didn't want to give up my faith, but as I finally accepted the fact that I was gay late in college, I just didn't see how that was going to be possible. I didn't see how I was going to be able to hang on to the tube. And I really credit it. Um, you know, you you're the pastor. You 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 came across a theologian. I just watched a, a movie. I watched a documentary. <laughs> I watched a documentary called For the Bible Tells Me So, um, which is Mm. a great thing to plug for. If you haven't seen it, I really recommend it, getting a hold of it. Um, It's particularly on the topic of of Bible and homosexuality. Um, And it it explores five families with a, a lesbian or gay child, all of them. Christian, all of them very devout Christian, goes to the range of like Catholic or, you know, different denominations, different socioeconomic statuses, different ethnicities. But that's the one thing, the two things they all have in common is that they're all Christian families and they all have a child who is gay or lesbian. And it also is interspersed with the talking of a lot of theologians, a lot of pastors, Basically, you know, saying that we've interpreted the Bible wrong on homosexuality to the extent that it even mentions homosexuality at all, which is not much. We've just we've just interpreted the Bible really wrong and it's really hurt people. Um, And that's not good. But there's a there's another way to practice your Christian faith that doesn't require you to be to have this regressive, harmful view of gay relationships. And I'll never forget this. I finished the documentary and I, I know this sounds cliche, but people say it, but I can't, there's no other way to describe it. I literally felt like a weight had fallen off of my body that Mm -hmm. I had carried around for decades. And I just looked in the mirror and I started crying and I realized that I would never go back to to the person I was before. But I also knew that I that I didn't want to throw away my faith as I'd said, and now I knew mm-hmm. they didn't have to. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I think it was, I think there was an intellectual component to it. But in a way, it was almost more of like a need to survive. Like, I needed progressive Christianity to function. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because this cognitive dissonance, this like warring within myself to not be too dramatic, but it was, it was unsustainable. I couldn't live like that. And so I needed some way out of it. And I needed mm-hmm. a way to function. And that was what it was for me. Um, so that's, I think, what... And, and, you know, there's been a long journey since then. And since then, I've read the books. And I've talked to the people. And I've done all of the intellectual work. But that's not where it started for me. Because it was th- it was not even as important for me as just the visceral need <laughs> to to not feel this yeah, this internal fight. So, yeah, um,
0: well, that's kind of just I know we want to move on to other parts of progressive Christianity, but I just want to say that I went from feeling like I couldn't figure out what to preach on to suddenly wanting to dive into the scripture and learn as much as possible because it was just a whole new way. It just was unlocking my mind and my spirit and help allowing me to grow with God and grow in God. So I'm. So help that was so helpful to me, yeah.
1: Well, I love what you said. This engaging with the scripture, right? There's no engaging if we're just sort of engaging in doing a pronouncement, if we're just mm-hmm. looking at the words and then saying them. Not that there's no value in that, and we do it every week. We, we read scripture from <laughs> our service. I don't want to say that there's not, but if that's all we're doing, there's no engaging mm-hmm. with the scripture, it's just looking at it and speaking it, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I think that it's so much richer, right? It's so much richer and it's so much more meaningful when we engage with it. Yeah. Um, so, um. so I want to talk about, um, I want to talk about too, like this thing that we've kind of both hit on. It's like, what does belief even mean? Right. So, so and this is where we can kind of talk about some of maybe the theology or writers we've read that have influenced us, but like, when we when people say I don't believe that I'm a believer I'm not a believer and the monkey song is now playing in my head, um, but um, and I thought faith I'm a believer that's not what we're going to talk about, um, but anyway uh, when we talk about belief what do exactly do we mean when you believe something you know and and. What what were you taught? You know, um, and we can we can both kind of think about this. What were you taught when you were younger about what it meant to believe, and what does it mean to you now? Hmm. Um, should it, you want to go first or I will?
0: <laughs> well, no. I mean, I I don't know that I was taught about belief. I was hmm. taught about you know ecclesial traditions. My family went to church week after week after week and so that was another thing I wanted to comment on about um, about going to church and and so forth is that I was always under the impressions that being a Christian was an action it was mm-hmm. go to church and um, and it was praying and it was reading the scripture and it was worship and it was what I did and so Um, But, but the interesting thing, it was also a kind of, it was a private thing that I did alone or with my family, but Mm -hmm. I never got the sense of Wesley's comment of the world is our parish. And I think one of the things I appreciate about progressive Christianity that links me to Methodism even more is that it yeah. talks about loving God, self and neighbor is not just done with our family or maybe our literal neighbor next to us, but it's our, it's people around us. It's yes, we pray, but then we can become an answer to our prayers through advocacy and social justice. And that was something unfortunately it took me into my 20s before I yeah. even understood that. Mm-hmm. Can tell you about growing up and what i was taught to believe but i know what i taught to do and how i was taught to act Mm -hmm. that's real
1: interesting um yeah i think that it's it's interesting to think about like you know and and acting too like there's so many ways you can unpack that like is acting like doing sort of outward shows of quote piety right Going to church, doing all of the ecclesiastical things that you would talk about. We might call them, the, I've heard them turned as the smells and bells, right? Or does it mean the acts that you do, in, you know, to others in your life from the other six days, like we talked about, you know, like there's so many things about that, Um I think for me, I, it was, all of that was important, you know, from the feeling environment I grew up in, it was such an all consuming part of my life. I think there was a really big idea that belief meant intellectual certainty for me, um, Mm. is that if I didn't, all those things you talked about, right. The, the, the whale for three days, I remember hearing like, well, actually it didn't say a whale. It said a great fish. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Why is that important? Like, what, why, yeah. why do we care about that? <laughs> but like people would get that specific, you know, and like yeah. this idea, like the earth is only 4,000 years old, all of these things. And like, you know, it was sort of like you, I don't know if you ever heard this term, but I heard this term growing up called like being a cafeteria Christian, right? Is that you can't be a cafeteria yeah. Christian. You can't pick and choose to believe some things and not others. You can't go through the cafeteria. Yeah. I guess the opposite of that would be like, the 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 single order menu Christian right you only get one option and that's what or or mm-hmm. or, or 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 the eating your mo- what your mom cooked you Christian right there's only one option mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. you know and so like I think that was for me I I didn't I couldn't speaking specifically on the issue that expected uh, affected me excuse me affected me so directly about homosexuality is that, well, I couldn't stop believing that that was wrong because then the whole thing would fall apart if I did that. Um, and I couldn't do that. So, but then I encountered, um, I think one of the things as I was going through this whole journey of, of, of moving into this thing we call progressive Christianity is I encountered some of the work of Karen Armstrong, Mm -hmm. who is just this incredibly brilliant religious scholar that I will never fully grasp. Um, and I know that that, that Tuesday morning book study has done a book by her about, about compassion, um, which is super Mm -hmm. important. Um, but she's done a lot of studies of comparative world religions, Christianity only being one of them. um, But when she talks about belief, she says, you know, we have it all wrong. Our idea of belief as intellectual certainty. She said, because that's not really what it meant in in the traditional ancient world and our understanding of religion, what what it was that people valued out of faith. Um, It's that belief was something that was valuable to us. Like the, The literal meaning of the word as we talked about faith was this is, this is something that matters to me. It's something I care deeply about and I'm going to hold it and I'm going to treasure it and I'm going to value it so deeply. And that's not the same thing as intellectual certainty. Right. You know, Mm. I mean, I think we, you know, we can all think of, I don't know, favorite books or favorite movies or, or things like that that maybe have, or like even favorite music or, or songs like that, that, that really make us tick and that value us. And we're not sitting there thinking like, wow, you know, I really love the, I really love the book beloved by Toni Morrison, but I can't love it. If I don't believe it really happens. <laughs> like right, that's not, right. that's not an important part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not even something that anyone debates because that's not what we value about it that was really a, another door that unlocked. And I began to read more of her work. And I mean, oh my goodness, mm. if you ever want to read her, I, I highly recommend it. But I also recommend like having your dictionary handy or your yeah. whatever, because she's tough. She's, I mean, she's just a brilliant woman who just really writes about a lot of stuff. And she, every, she talks about, she said, you know, people always complain that my books are hard. And she says, of course they are. I'm talking about God, <laughs> which I think is a really good retort. Like, okay, that's a good point. <laughs> it's a big subject.
0: What's that quote about the creed that you've been? Yeah, yeah, that's life? great.
1: Um, so I, I really think that the, this is um, by a really popular pastor now. You can follow on all the, all the social media if that's your into. Her name is Nadia Bowles weber and she's a really important figure in progressive Christianity right now. And she, I was hearing her interviewed. Um, I believe it was her. I couldn't find verification of this, so if I am wrong, any of our listeners, let me know, and I'll make sure to to put a edit for that in the show notes or whatever. But I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure it was Nadia bowles weber talking about speaking with the creeds in church and how a lot of people have a resistance to speaking with the creeds. Sometimes they. All churches call them creeds. I think we sometimes call them the statement of faith. Um, I know that I grew up in a very traditional Methodist church. We would always say Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, Mm -hmm. the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, on and on and on. There's also the Nicene Creed, which is longer and more involved. But it's basically like a bunch of people in church all standing up and speaking at the same time and saying what they believe. And a lot of people have a lot of resistance to that because they're like, I don't believe everything in the creed, you know? Um and but by believe they're of course meaning more of the intellectual certainty meaning. But what I love that she said in this interview was she said, nobody believes everything in the creed. I got news for you. I don't either, you know? But the act of saying it together is what's important. It's the communal experience of all saying it together because maybe I don't believe the the second sentence of whatever creed, but the person standing next to me does. And maybe they don't believe the sixth sentence, but I do. And what's so Mm -hmm. beautiful about it is we're all together and we're all speaking it at the same time. We've right. got enough belief to go around, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, which is why we do that, right? We need each other. I don't think we can do church on our own. I think, I think the community, whether it's, you know, physically in person or as how a lot of churches are having to do it now online, the community is so important. Um, I also wanted to say, you know, too, um, on the subject of creeds, um, Gene Robinson, I had the ple- pre- pleasure Pleasure. That's a tricky word. I had the pleasure of hearing speak, um, one time through a meeting of what was then called the gay Christian network. Now it's called the Q Christian fellowship. Gene Robinson, if you don't know, was the first openly gay, um, Episcopalian Bishop. Um, He was featured in that movie I talked about uh, for The Bible Tells Me So. And he talked about the creed a little bit differently. But he said, um, you know, I ran into that when I was kind of finding my way back to church. I said, I don't believe in everything in the creed. And the pastor just looked at him and said, okay, say the parts you do believe, you know. And so what I realized is when I heard that said by two like giants of the Christian faith today, right, two really big names, Nadia Weather and G.S. Robertson, and I was like, well, if, if that's good enough for them, then it's good enough for me.
0: Right, <laughs> you right. Know?
1: So what it comes back to when we talk about this idea of belief is I feel like the takeaway for that for me is just don't get too hung up on it, right? Just yeah, enjoy what you value about it. Find what you value about about faith, about church, mm-hmm. and then and then think about what does that compel you to do for your fellow man? Because that's such a crucial part of it. And I think if we spent less time stressing about the intellectual certainty about all of these concepts, I think in a way our faith becomes much more meaningful and much more personal for us.
0: Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I um, I just, another thing that came to mind to me in terms of my own personal beliefs about um, progressive Christianity had to do with um, the idea that to be a Christian is to care for all of life rather than just human life. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that I, and this, so that's important in terms of human, non-human and all the implications of caring for our world. But it also hits me that sometimes our language reflects how we view things. And I have really been trying to be so much more intentional about the language that is used, whether it's in worship or, Mm -hmm. um, in liturgy and in all kinds of different ways and i and so while i appreciate the ideas of the patriarchy and he and him and king i'm also aware that the bible and Eve whether you're a literalist or a his, historical metaphorical thinker um the bible has images of a hen mm-hmm. gathering her chicks an right. eagle gathering feeding her young a rock a spirit a fire a fire and so i do sometimes um take uh, another look at the scripture and saying brothers and sisters instead of just brothers or looking at different ways because I think that if we really do mean that all humanity and all of life then how does that ref- how is that reflected in our language and that's one area where I think that our history um As much as I value the hymns and we sing the hymns, there is a way in which looking forward and progressive being, learning and changing and growing, I think could use and and should include all the vast many images that we have of who God is. Mm
1: -hmm. Yes, right. And again, it's this idea of expansion, right? (laughs) That like progressive Christianity is – uh, to me, not throwing things out of the window, it's, it's, it's expanding them. It's going from 2D to 3D, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's moving to, and I, I love that. I've, I think you've talked about this before too, is this idea that like progressive means it's ongoing, right? You don't, mm-hmm. you, you don't arrive. Like it's, it's progressive, like, like, like progressive right. means it's currently happening. It's always moving towards something, but we're, we're not going to arrive there. And, and the, this sort of joy and richness of engaging with it is to be part of that process. And, and we, you know, that we believe that God is still working, right? And in us and in the world. And so we're still moving as part of that. It's not this static thing. And that's part of the expansion of language, which is so important. I always say, and I think it's really interesting that people who have trouble people who have trouble understanding God as not just male, but have no problem understanding God as three people, like, which is harder, (laughs) which is more of a difficult concept of God being three persons, but not God being two or more genders, you know? Um, and just like, you know, people that's, you know, referring to God, what if we referred to God as they and them, you know, that's been doing
0: lately. And I didn't even, of that until we mentioned the trinity but it right. is if it's more than one then there you go
1: right we don't we, we can use both yeah. definitions of the pronoun them right them means them, them can be a non-binary individual but it can also mean more than one person and god is all of those things, you know, yeah. so it's that's what to me makes progressive Christianity worth it and not in any way a watered down version of it, but rather a more expansive version of it. I've, I've seen mm-hmm. as so much more um, all encompassing
0: No, And I have to I'm really glad that I had the opportunity to. Uh, to face into that and, and to grow with that. And, you know, we've talked about how this is not, we're not, this is not a wrap. I mean, this, this podcast isn't a wrap. It's just a um it's one step in right. the process of learning yeah. about rest of Christianity because mm-hmm. it's gonna continue to grow and to expand. And mm-hmm. that's exciting to me as mm-hmm. a, a Christian. That I was afraid that I was somehow gonna lose myself or lose my Christianity and it's mm-hmm. just gotten bigger mm-hmm. and broader.
1: Yeah and I there's one thing that you've talked about that I really wanted to say um before we start to to wrap up this first thing that's not a wrap <laughs> um mm-hmm. is like this idea that when I I grew up really hearing about eternal life right eternal life this idea that you know that that <laughs> get right or get left turn or burn get out of hell free card fire insurance which is kind of wink wink joke joke but like also like i think people really looked at it that way that our faith was just a way to like to cover our bets for what for after our our death on earth into the afterlife and it i don't know how old i was before it occurred to me that if i have eternal life eternal is in both directions so i'm living it right now mm-hmm. um you know that that it, 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 this is what you said like salvation starts on earth rather mm-hmm. than the afterlife whatever we mean about salvation and all of that like that's a whole huge term too that we'll get to probably in later days but like the important thing is that it is an ongoing process that we get, get to be in part of right now um, mm-hmm. which is really different from a way that a lot of people look at it as the the fire insurance <laughs> right. Um, right so um Any closing thoughts for us, Pastor Ann, on our first podcast?
0: Well, just an encouragement to to be willing to listen to each other because what I found is that some of the things that I was afraid were going to... um, somehow take away or diminish my faith only served mm-hmm. to expand and i think sometimes that's even a little bit helpful too because if something doesn't expand that or it does diminish then we we can let it go but to not when we don't listen we may miss out on an important learning or an important uh, growth spurt for us and this has been that for me and I'm so grateful uh, for this Bible study group and for all of the people who have done all the study and research and and even just for my own relationship with God that's growing each day so I think that would be my, that would be my closing thought today. Cool.
1: Well, I'm going to, I think what I'm going to do for every podcast, this is the plan for now, at least. um, And if I don't do this every week, don't hold me to it listeners. But what I'd love to end our podcast with each week is answering these two questions. Um, And I'll tell you what both of them are. So you know what both of them are ahead of time. Uh, The first question is, what have we learned from each other today? And the second question is, how might we, Act or think differently because of it. Um, so I'll answer first. So, what have I learned from you today, Laurie-Ann? Um First of all, I learned a lot of things about you that I never knew, which is super cool. Um, that's not that's not the the answer I was look, I was thinking about. But that I have to say, I love learning more about these things uh, in you. But I think. I think this idea I think is so important uh, that I've really I've had you really bring out to me is this idea of seeing God not just in humans but in all things um, and I think that that's such a great reminder you know as we see sadly out west the results of not treating the the created world with care um, I think it's going to make me more mindful of how I interact with the the created world and if I'm going to be... You know, a believer in a in the sense that we mean that I've got to be more careful and mindful of how I interact with the creative world and the and animals and as well as um, the people in it. So, what have you? What? What? I'll let you go. What have you learned from me, me today? That sounds very egotistical. Well, well
0: yeah, how, no, how it, doesn't. Um, it doesn't. It um, doesn't because it's something similar and that you were sharing a little bit about um being a, a gay male Christian and, and trying to figure out how to look at yourself, how to look at your faith and trying to figure out if the two fit together and I think for me uh, learning how to look at scripture in a new way enabled me to understand homosexuality in the context of scripture instead of always trying to separate it out it now, everything fits together for me in a way that is um it makes so much sense. Suddenly it didn't make sense before. Now things make sense. And now it makes me so pleased to know that, that you and other people who have maybe been feeling like their person is incongruous with God's love or scripture, um, are finding that, they are, they are clearly, everyone is clearly a child of God and loved by God. To know that you um, experience that and also through progressive Christianity, but even earlier than that, is so helpful to me. It, it helps me to feel that, I don't know, it just helps me to know that God is alive and working in our world and it gives me hope. So I think you sharing that today just helped me to remember that.
1: Oh my goodness, that warms my soul. Well, thank you so much. Um, thank you all for joining us today in our very first podcast. A lot of our podcasts will not just be the two of us. We're looking to invite guests and other people to talk. Um, so look forward to that in the future. Thank you so much for joining us for the first episode of The Trolley Stops Here. Yay! Yay! <laughs> The Trolley Stops Here is a ministry of First United Methodist Church in Media, Pennsylvania. It's hosted by Laurie Ann Rookard and Taylor Darden. Our technical assistant is Janeth Wirasingha, and our podcast is edited by Ayanda Sithole.